Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about Japanese culture in Catalonia. Anime in Catalan, massive manga conventions, sushi in every street corner and even a few sake breweries. It seems that Catalans are pretty obsessed with the culture, food and drink of Japan. On this week's podcast, we'll be trying to figure out where this connection comes from. We'll look back on Manga Barcelona, an enormous fair attended by over 122,000 people last weekend in the Catalan capital. And we'll be hearing from Marc Pérez from El Racó del Manga, or Manga Corner, a Catalan podcast dedicated to Japanese comics and graphic novels. Here with me in our little studio is Gifre Jordan. Hi, Gifre. Hi, Lorcan. And joining us all the way over there in Barceloneta is Killian Shields. Hi, Killian. Konnichiwa, Lorcan. Konnichiwa. <laughs> okay, first up, have a listen to this. Gifrey, does that wow. ring a bell? Wow, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, it's back to my childhood. You know, this is one of the main theme songs that I've maybe I heard for five, six, seven years every day. Okay, so as our resident Catalan here, tell us what this music is all about and just how big anime and manga are here. Yeah, this theme song is Dragon Ball uh, theme song. It's an anime a series, like, by far the most successful in Catalonia in the 90s. And everyone who's now 30 to 40 and even a bit younger, everyone in Catalonia must have watched, of these ages, must have watched Dragon Ball along with other anime series in the 90s like Karale, Doraemon, Shin-chan, Sailor Moon, Detective Conan. I mean, there were so many. This is the series that I've watched and I'm below, far below average yeah. of uh, consumer of anime in Catalonia. That's the bare minimum. If you get a group of Catalans around that age together and just mention like Dragon Ball, that just sets people off for yeah, the like next hour, two hours, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Son Goku, Vegeta, Corpatit, and all, well, a lot of characters All these things there. that don't mean anything to me. But, you know, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. What, Everyone knows the lyrics of this theme song we've just listened to. Uh, it's so typical to sing uh, these songs, uh, for instance, in, in parties, even now, 30 years, yeah. 30 years later or 20 years later. I mean, pff, that's, it's a whole world and it links a full generation of, of Catalans. And are you sitting there like me, Killian? Like I'd never heard of Dragon Ball before moving here. What about you? I mean, maybe I'd heard of it, but I think I remember growing up, I wasn't sure whether it was a video game, whether it was a movie, whether it was like a, a series. I'm so surprised about it, yeah. to, to be honest, guys. I mean, you I'm so surprised. Like everyone in Bola the world. Drac, which is like the Catalan for Dragon Ball. We've always thought that it was super famous worldwide, you know, because it was only it was on, on the Catalan TV, you know, in Catalan. But we assumed that it happened everywhere in the world. But now, you know, just realizing far from true. I mean, certainly from my experience being Irish and then moving over to here to Catalonia, it's so much more visual here. Anime, manga, the whole influence of Japanese culture. It's very strong. It's very present here. I mean, when you think about how any sort of contemporary culture would be influenced by by outside cultures, you'd think that certainly neighboring countries, and we can see the influence of France, of Italy as well. Then you can also see 
uh, through immigration as well would be another key way for other cultures to come and and spread here in Catalonia. And we can see that with Pakistani restaurants, uh, a lot of Indian shops as well. But Japan is neither of these things. It's not close and it doesn't provide many immigrants to Catalonia as well. There are fewer than two and a half thousand Japanese people living in Catalonia. That's fewer than Irish. Well, we can probably believe that, all right. (laughs) Judging from this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. It's also fewer than Armenian and Moldovan. So the Japanese community, it's, it's, it's quite small here. Right. Okay. But the culture, as we're as we're saying, is has had a massive impact. And I suppose maybe the most visible representation of that is Manga Barcelona, which is this huge fair, Killian, that you've had the pleasure of going along to a couple of times now. I have. Yeah, it was just on last weekend here in Barcelona. Yeah, it's it's such a, an amazing celebration of this whole world that. For me, being an outsider, I didn't really grow up with this, but I see like the love that the people have for it here, the excitement. I mean, it's it's a fair with so much colour, with so much genuine joy. It, it's a thing from everybody's childhood from here, so I can see there are a lot of adults who definitely get like transformed back into their childhoods, and you can just see it's it's a place that's bursting with energy and life all the time. Well, let's take a listen to how you got on, Killian. This is Killian at Manga Barcelona, which is a celebration of anime, basically Japanese animation, and manga, Japanese comics and graphic novels. Back after a year's hiatus for the pandemic, 122,000 fans, mostly dressed up in colourful costumes, were delighted to return to the Manga Barcelona Fair once more. We enjoy a lot, uh, not only the, the shops, uh, if not the people and, and all of this, and the food. <laughs> I love the food, so basically I went to buy something and I eat a lot, but I love the costumes and see the people that dress up, so it's, it's a funny thing. Edward explained that it's the third time that he's come to the fair and he was very excited to return after the pandemic, while Estibaliz wholeheartedly agreed. Among the dozens of exhibitors were plenty of graphic novel bookstores and comic stores, shops selling posters, figurines and artwork, while there was also an artist alley where some of the most popular local writers and designers met the public, a space for fanzines and an enormous gaming area as well. The convention is always a very interactive one. Cosplay, dressing up as characters typically from manga or anime series, other TV shows or even video games is a central part of the whole subculture and something people put a lot of time and effort into. Mary, dressed up as Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat 9, explained her creative process. It's a hard thing to make this uh, by hand and after we like share it with, the, with people, with fans here and Manga Fest and also with photos and Instagram and Twitch and like that. It's a lot of work. Uh, this is two, two, three months of cosplay here. I think it's a, a kind of art, not only music and not only paint is art, and this is uh, it's crafting, so uh, it's art, I think so. Edward and his partner Montserrat, dressed up as plague doctors, gave an ironic nod to the ongoing pandemic. The pandemic has conditioned this year's manga festival, but overall fans were not put off attending. Carla and Jonathan, both in cosplay costumes, explained that they were very excited to get back and see all of the people dressed up, and they were satisfied with the health measures in place and felt safe attending. 
The manga fair is about so much more than just manga. Practically everyone we spoke to was either looking forward to enjoying traditional Japanese dishes or else they had already enjoyed a feast. At the convention there was a special zone dedicated entirely to Japanese cuisine, with masterclasses from chefs and tastings of some traditional dishes such as sushi, ramen and katsu curry. All in all, everybody at the fair seemed to have a special place for Japan in their hearts. I think that we have to know about other cultures, food, religion, costumes, traditions. I would like to travel next year to Japan because I think that there are a lot of tourist things that are so important and they are have a lot of historical things. I like a lot the traditional Japanese, uh, the, the religion and, and all that and also the Japanese people, it's, uh, I think it's, it's nice and I want to go to Japan someday. <laughs> That was Killian at Manga Barcelona. Thanks to everyone who spoke to us there. Uh, have you ever been, Gifrey? Yeah, uh, when I was a teenager, I was there twice, I think. But I mean... Did you dress I, up? No, I didn't, although it was free, actually, if you if you dressed up. Ah. Uh, I didn't because, you know, uh, costumes are far more expensive than the ticket, probably. But uh, I mean, once there, it was amazing. But I felt people had such deep knowledge of, of Japanese culture, manga, anime, and it was so average, you know, that I could only recognize two or three uh, series, but people would, you know, leave the place with 20 comics, yeah. uh, having bought 20 comics and having taken part in workshops and so on. So uh, it was incredible. It sounds incredible. And I mean, it's, it's obviously the big kind of festival that happens here. 150,000 people there pre-pandemic back in 2019. Uh, but there's other festivals. Yeah, indeed. Like the Matsuri Festival held every year in Molda la Fusta area in Barcelona seafront uh, from 2013 in the last year before the pandemic. 23,000 people went there in over two days. Uh, what can you find there? Well, all things Japanese, let's say, and especially traditional Japanese things, traditional dance, music, food, clothes, workshops, activities. You can listen to, you know, uh, Japanese instruments, popular dance, uh, and even Japanese giants. Well, loads of things. Especially, I guess, food is one of the stars yeah. in, this, in this fair. Well, we'll talk a little bit about food uh, later on. And of course, there's also Casa Asia, like Asia House, mm -hmm. which, well, it's not solely Japanese, but it kind of has all these cultural events and stuff mm -hmm. from Japan and Korea and China, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Casa Asia is really active, along with the Japanese consulate in Barcelona. They do loads of activities, for instance, not only Japanese, of course, but uh, when it comes to Japan, Casa Asia organizes all sorts of activities, workshops, courses of Japanese and other Asian languages, literature, traditions, business, philosophy, arts, all sorts of courses. For instance, also on the Japanese tea, mm. the tea ceremony, types of tea, how to prepare it. So it's really, really active. Yeah, there's so many activities there. If you want to see what's on offer, casaasia.es for all the information. Killian, going back to Manga Barcelona there, you actually met up with a Catalan podcaster who had some interesting things to say. Tell us about that. Yeah, he had a lot of very interesting things to say. So his podcast, El Racco del Manga, is all about manga, anime, and Japanese culture as a whole. But one thing that I certainly found surprising was not only is the fact that Japan has such a strong influence on contemporary Catalan culture, but 
Japanese culture and anime in particular has a really strong bond with the Catalan language. When anime first started to be shown on Catalan TV, it, it came at a very, very particular point in history. It wasn't too long after the death of Franco. And during this transitional period is when the ban on the use of the Catalan language in public spaces was ended. And so therefore, Catalonia got its own Catalan language television station. And they put on a lot of anime shows, uh, which were dubbed into Catalan. So there's this generation, as Gifrey spoke about earlier on, that grew up with this, that have Catalan language and anime as, as such integral parts of their childhood yeah and let me say such good catalan i mean it was so <laughs> genuine the dubbing super pure catalan let's say and and killian is right it was we were the first generation the people in, in our 30s who got the chance to watch cartoons in catalan and they happened to be most of them japanese and it's had a massive influence on a, a lot of people including mark perez who has his own podcast on all things japanese as killian found out in the 19s, the television of Catalonia, TV3, buy a lot of um, Japanese animes, uh, began to buy one, two, three, five, Dragon Ball, and uh, since Dragon Ball, all explodes with uh, Catalan dubbing. And the tradition is very, very important here. At what state is anime in Catalan in now? Has anything changed? It's been declining. There is the big problem. Only a few movies have dubbing, uh, Catalan dubbing of these movies, but series, nothing. And the real problem now that we are fighting is that these past Catalan dubbing animes, these audio files, are not in the platforms. Why is not the audio Catalan uh, file in Netflix? It's done. We are fighting for this. You must be aware of the proposed audiovisual law and the potential quotas for the Catalan language. What are your thoughts on this? Of course, um, this, this law is uh, it's very, very, very prejudicial for the uh, anime dubbing Catalan. So I, I, I support this clause of the law, of course. The most important thing for the Catalan government and the Spanish government is that they know that the anime is a high quality product. The problem is that they relation sometimes uh, animation with kids. It's for all, all the generations. And what about the relationship between Catalonia and Japan more generally? There is a, a very beautiful relation between uh, Catalonia and Japan. Gaudí, for example, the Japanese are, are crazy with Gaudí. And uh, we are crazy about uh, the Japanese culture. So there is like a symbiosis here, very, very beautiful. We learn Japanese culture seeing anime in Catalan. There are a lot of generations that uh, like the Japanese culture for this reason. So this is the reason that the Catalan anime dubbing is very important here. We are here for this. That was Mark Perez from the El Raco del Manga podcast chatting to Killian. Thanks to him. 
Now, food and drink is something we've kind of touched on a little bit, but that is really a huge part of the appeal, I suppose, of Japanese culture worldwide. But I don't know, maybe particularly so in, in Catalonia, you know, from, well, we, we, we can all see it here in Barcelona. There's Japanese restaurants on every street corner, but actually right up to the top, top chefs as well. Killian, isn't that right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Ferran Adria from the very famous restaurant El Bulli, which is no longer going. He is such a renowned person in, in the world of Catalan cooking. So when he speaks, you know, people listen. <laughs> and in an interview just a few years ago, he actually described sushi as a traditional local place already. He was making the argument that it only takes a few years for something to become really really ingrained in the in the society of the time and we've already had japanese restaurants serving sushi for for decades already so generations have had it indeed i mean one of the most famous chefs in catalonia carmar roscalleda another like like ferran adria one of the top catalan chefs she's got a restaurant in in japan and her cuisine here in catalan is a fusion between catalan traditional food with Japanese touches mm. so yeah this is also part of the culture and it's a good mix uh, I mean just walking here to record this obviously my eyes I was kind of thinking about Japanese and I, I started to count I mean there was four Japanese restaurants I passed I also passed a judo and jiu-jitsu place I passed like a Japanese tea room and uh, the other thing as well was a little mochi bakery which uh, I don't know if you've never had them you, you gotta try them and this place Niji I thought it was just this little small bakery, but it turns out they supply mochi to like 400 restaurants all across Catalonia, Spain, Portugal. It's it's amazing. And the woman that set it up said Barcelona was the, the place that she had to start it because this is where Japanese food is like most appreciated. So that was interesting. Sake breweries, Killian, we mentioned in their introduction, there's actually two in Catalonia. Yeah, the influence of Japanese culture just has not stopped surprising me. I, I first discovered this last summer when I went on holidays to the Delta del Ebre region down in the south of Catalonia. So there's a beautiful natural area there as part of the Delta and, and it's really well known for growing rice. So back in 2015, a local Catalan couple, absolutely enthralled with all things Japan, they decided that, well, there's a lot of rice being grown here. Why don't we start a sake brewery? Sake is this alcoholic drink that's made from fermenting rice. So down in the Delta del Ebre region is probably the perfect place to set up that business, you know, straight from the source. And yeah, they're called Kensho. They've been going for six or so years now. Um, and I visited it during the summer and really, really tasty stuff that they have. They also make a lot of Japanese kind of tapas out of the, like the soy that they would grow, out of the rice as well that they would grow. And yeah, it's just an absolutely phenomenal experience. I'd well recommend anybody to visit that if you're in the area. And then you discovered that there's not just one, but two sake breweries in Catalonia. It's unbelievable. Yeah, one to the south, as I just mentioned, and one all the way up to the north in the Pyrenees. So this one, Seda Liquida, has been going since 2016, so only very, very shortly after Kensho. And yeah, they've been having huge success. They've been growing from strength to strength every single year, from around 1,000 bottles produced in their first year to around 10,000 expected bottles this year. I had a chat with Anthony Campines this week just about how the whole business is going. And he, he told me all about their, their latest products, how during the pandemic, when all of the workers had to go on temporary layoff, he's basically he's 
in his 70s already so he wasn't able to do the heavy lifting in the in the brewery so instead of letting tanks of the sake just spoil and go to waste he kind of played around with a few creative methods of conserving it and used some of the same techniques that is used to fortify vermouth uh, mm-hmm. as a very very traditional catalan very drink popular that we, absolutely so he used those kind of methods with his sake and ended up with the world's first ever vermouth sake that's amazing. kind of combination drink wow, that, 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 that's, actually, that's like the perfect combination of our catalan and Catalonian japan fusion yeah. isn't it absolutely this is something that i only discovered this week i haven't had the pleasure of trying it yet but i'm gonna absolutely make it my business to seek this out and get it but it's not going to be easy because he also told me that all of the bottles that he had already completely sold out uh it's just been a huge success already now, apart from the food and drink, what other ways then are there to enjoy Japanese culture in Catalonia? Yeah, learning Japanese might be one idea. Um, practicing Japanese sports such as judo. There are 5,000 people who officially play judo in teams, in clubs, let's say. It probably doesn't include all the kids learning it. Definitely, as well, yeah. definitely. There, there are many more. And even the government has launched a plan for Japan, Plajapo, they call it. Uh, from the late to 2000s and uh, the main aim is to you know strengthen the not only the business relationship between Catalonia and Japan but also the the cultural one including uh, tourism too and so on so there were there are 370,000 tourists every year coming from Japan to to Catalonia I'm sure um, they feel right at home with all this that we absolutely, absolutely absolutely so those <laughs> those loads absolutely loads and uh, Killian the other day told me he enjoyed some afternoon in a listening bar. Yeah, this is something that I really wanted to give a shout out to. It's what's very popular in Japan at the moment is a concept of a bar called a listening bar. It places huge emphasis on the sound quality. It's a specific place to go to really listen to music and not just hear it in the background, to listen to it. So they only use vinyl. They only use the highest quality Uh, speakers amplifiers and the positioning of the speakers are also is also very important you know to get the right acoustics to really get the enjoyment of it now in tokyo it's not customary to really speak in these bars because everybody is there to listen to the music but i suppose in the mediterranean our kind of (laughs) lifestyle our kind of culture (laughs) can get these you can't get people to to shut up up. yeah exactly (laughs) so there's this one place to go to Curtis Audiophile in the middle of a Champla, which I've been recently and I will absolutely return to again. But that's a bar where, yeah, people do chat, whatever, it's okay. But the like the audio levels that they have, the volume, uh, it, it ensures that you won't be bothered by the other people like in, in the seats next to you. You'll still be able to hear the music really well. There's even particular booths that you can go to to listen to if you want to listen to a different record you can put on the headphones that they have available there um so yeah it's just this fascinating way of like turning a bar into a place to really really listen to the music as opposed to just it being a, a background kind of thing time now for our catalan phrase what's it this week Gifrey? Well, this week is Cap de Suru. Cap de Suru. Can you guess? Uh, Can you guys I guess? Suru, I don't know what Suru is. Cap is cork. Cork. Suru's cork. So it's like cork head. Cork no, head, head yeah. Cork. Yeah. It's a swear word, basically. Right, so okay. It's just a, so don't call me a cork head. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously, I mean, cork head or Cap de Suru means 
you know, stupid or not very intelligent. So you've got cork instead of brain in your head. You know, okay. that's the philosophy of it. <laughs> and, and, you know, the reason I chose this, uh, this phrase is like, this is one of the swear words you would hear in anime series uh. dubbed in Catalan. The Catalan dubbing was so authentic that they would use very, let's say, traditional swear words. That now, nowadays, I think this is all being lost. I mean, Captasuru is not that typical, I guess. You have to bring it back. Yeah, I hope with this podcast we contribute to bring back Captasuru, Kurda Gambals, Traslaquonium. There are loads of these very authentic Catalan swear words. And that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Uh, thanks very much, Killian and Gifrey, for joining me today. Thanks to you, Lorcan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, new Lorcan. I should say, big news in Filling the Sink this week has been that we've launched our Facebook and Twitter accounts. Do check them out. Give us likes, shares, follows, whatever, retweets, everything appreciated. Uh, we'll be back again with another episode of Filling the Sink next week. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catland News, Bye for now. Adeu. Sayonara. <laughs>